We're back discussing Daniel Craig's first of five outings as James Bond in Casino Royale. I'm Chad. I'm Matt. This is episode 22 of our podcast. We used to talk about this at work. All right. So um, I come back from a week of being off and i look on the feed and there wasn't an episode last week matt what happened man it was crazy i i you know i had everything lined up did my preparations had interviews lined up did all my research outlined i was on top of it this week but we had a typhoon come in and you know how that is so that kind of like threw all my plans of disarray so i apologize for that I mean, I live in the middle of the United of the United States, so I don't even know what a typhoon is. It's a, it's a thing when there's water or wind and water, mm-hmm. they get mixed together, then waves, and it's it's just it's just crazy. I don't want to get in details. Okay. I'm not a weatherman or anything, but it's just you know <laughs> it's crazy. All right, fair enough. So this week we have a guest that was kind enough to wake up at six a.m. for us all the way from the United Kingdom, we would like to welcome Josh. Thank you, Chad. Nice to be here. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> you, man. So tell me, tell us, who are you? Who is Josh? Who is Josh? Um, well, um, obviously, have you mentioned I'm British. Um, my background is sort of in literature. Uh, I studied um, English at university. Um, and I work in publishing and I mean in terms of the film we're going to discuss that was kind of my gateway towards it I read all the James Bond books first and then um, and then I kind of graduated on the films Um, so that's always been my kind of reference point Um, and then like on top of that you know I I write quite a lot as well I write reviews articles and I've just written a book okay so tell me about this book you wrote um, it's it's a novel. It's set in um, 1930s Lancashire, which is in the north of the country. It's where I grew up. Um, I didn't grow up in the 1930s. I'm only 24. Um, it's a sort of. Um, I mean, we don't know, man. Like you could be Scottish. You could be from the fucking Highlands. You could be a Highlander. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, no, not nearly. I'm like halfway on the way there. Um, but the book itself, it's sort of like a mystery. Um, it's about pair of historians who go to this kind of remote island uh, to record the history of the place and then when they get there they find everyone's dead apart from this one woman and um, she is the sort of they have to rely on her because everyone else is dead even though the history she tells of this place is really sort of fantastical and mythical and they know it's not true Um, and basically it's just an exploration of you know who do you trust when it comes to history? Um, and where is the overlap between fiction and nonfiction? Okay. Um, and then there's like lots of murder and stuff in there as well. That <laughs> sounds very interesting. Um, what is your book called and when can we get access to it? Oh, gosh. Um, so it's, it's unpublished. I'm, I'm currently in the phase of sending it out to agents, hoping that someone will pick it up. Okay. So if it ever does get published... Um, Maybe in the far future, <laughs> but not anytime soon. It's called Ur, which is an Irish word. It's um, called Ur. You say Ur? Yeah. 
U R and the U has an accent over it. Interesting. Um, okay. It's an yeah, it's an Irish word and it means new. But the reason I chose it was because um, this kind of made of civilization I've, I've presented in the book is uh, based in sort of Celtic mythology, but at the same time, or in English. Um, I don't know if you know words like um, when you put er in front of a word, it means kind of the original. So it means the opposite of new, it means old, because um, there's a city in Mesopotamia called Ur. It's like the first city in the world. Uh, I think that's where this word comes from. So there's a sort of internal contrast going on there between new and old. So, yeah, that's why I chose the name. That is very interesting. <laughs> that's I mean, that's really interesting. Like, um, I wish you were farther along in the publishing process because I would really like to read that. Same, Chad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's finished. At least have, I can say that. Have you thought about the self-publishing route? Um, Are you just done. trying to get all the big bucks? Yeah. Um, I feel like I'd have a, a larger audience if if I published it the traditional way. Right. That said, I don't have any audience at the moment. So. <laughs> um, are you yeah. part of this podcast? Like, where the fuck is our audience? Right. This is where it I- begins, Chad. <laughs> our 28 listeners if we have a publisher out there that wants to help josh out hit us up on the email and we'll pass that information on to him exactly exactly otherwise i can give you a link to amazon publishing <laughs> really, yeah go on why not <laughs> um so uh pre-show josh you were telling us that you just moved to london so where were you before um so before this i was in oxford Oh, um, I just done my master's degree there, and then uh, that's where I joined the publishing company, which I currently work for. Uh, it's it's a huge contrast. I mean, I'm sure you've seen Oxford and film, maybe not Oxford, London at least. You know, no, no, I've heard, I've heard of Oxford. I'm like, oh shit, this dude is smart. Okay, <laughs> I won't I won't go that far. Uh, but it's it's you know it's pretty quaint. It's it's a city, but it's tiny. Um, yeah. Very old. I mean, it's, it's a lovely place to be. Um, and then suddenly I'm in London, which is just huge. Um, which which part of London are you? It's Twickenham. It's, it's southwest. Um, but, I mean, I've only just moved here, so my geography is just it's dreadful. I don't really know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I moved in with my girlfriend's family to save money. Um, so she's kind of sort of like leading me around everywhere. So I've been to London twice. And so... <laughs> um i really enjoyed my time there um so i've been to new york and um like i'm from the midwest of america um matt and i are um you ask matt now he's japanese but okay yes (laughs) but shut up but um yeah so i've been to new york and i just felt like i was from a small small town when i was in new york because there's just so much hustle and bustle but london's similar but i didn't feel so small if that makes sense so i felt really comfortable in london um when we first went we were in like the paddington area right and then um when does the the last time we went back in 2019 we went for um spice girls we stayed near (laughs) king's cross all right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, very central. Yeah. No, no. I mean, the center is the best place. Um, I get what you mean about New York. Um, 
because New York is kind of, especially Manhattan, it's all cramped on an island. So yes. you know, a lot of people live there, a lot of people work there, but the only way to build is upwards. So there's right. skyscrapers right. everywhere. London, there aren't really that many skyscrapers. It's still huge and it's still very compact. You got castles um, and shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well rather dungeons, you know. <laughs> dungeons, yeah. I remember I, I went on a tour in the London dungeon when I was five and I just freaked out so much and just sprinted back outside again. It was terrific. <laughs> I still wouldn't do it. How long have you been dating your girlfriend if her parents are like, yeah, come on over, Josh? <laughs> I've been dating her for over five years now. Okay. Five and a half years. Yeah, we met at a university in my first year. Um, she was in my creative writing class. Um, so she likes to write as well. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's nothing much else to report, which is usually a good thing. Um, you're not looking at those rings? Because I'm sure her somebody in that in that house has asked you once or twice. Um, no, actually, no, no one's asked. Um, take, taking it easy. I mean, I'm still young, I like to think. Um, but I mean, yeah, on the horizon. But now, once they once they listen to this podcast, they're be like, "Yeah, Chad's right. What about that ring? <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? Uh, I'm 24. Oh shit! Yeah, don't get married yet. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Uh, I, I got married when I was 23. Really? Yes. Interesting. Was that, was that? Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's at a different place in their life. Right. Um, when I heard that you, that Chad, got somebody from the UK to be on this podcast, I was excited. But then he told me it was a guy and I was like, ah, damn. And the reason why is because like, so women from the UK, Australian, love their accent to death. Uh, Where I work at right now in Japan, we have a a Royal Navy ship here. Uh, Shout out to the USS Richmond. Um, and I, cause I, I deal with supply. So they're here in Japan and I was speaking to their chief and everything. And like, I'm trying to focus, but like her accent, the way she's talking, it's like, I love the accent. I love their, um, you guys, terminology for stuff. Cause she was like talking and she was like, blah, blah, this is mad. Or she was saying bollocks and everything. And I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> Men can be just as uh, profuse with the language, um, but you know you got to be careful about the accent because there are, and I, you know I I I quite like quite a few of our accents, but some of them are really weird. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not do any impressions, but like if you, <laughs> in fact, I'm not even going to mention them because I'll offend someone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you go down the rabbit hole and just find some of the some of the stranger ones, you'll be you'll be entertained. But um, yeah, it's the same for us. Like I love the American accent accent there are many accents but i mean um it's you know it's i find it endearing mm-hmm. <laughs> even on the man <laughs> yeah because you know they for us they say like even like my wife my wife's japanese like so from the way they speak in new york versus the way they speak down south even in the midwest because you know we got that you know over there her stuff like that but People from different areas like a different accent. So, I mean, I can understand. A lot of times, like, when I was speaking to one of the sailors on the ship, he was talking to me, and I understood 
the first part of the sentence, but then I didn't understand the second part of the sentence and nothing in there made sense to me. And I was just like, uh, okay. And then later on, there was another American guy next to me. I was like, what did he say? He was like, I don't know. (laughs) If that happens now, you have to let me know. Don't just let me keep talking. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) All right. Just chatting shit. Well, um, speaking of, Josh, we need you to redo the whole episode. We know we, we didn't get a single word of that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Waited this long. <laughs> so how are you feeling about video games? You're a gamer? Uh yeah, I am. Um PC or console. Oh, I'm gonna offend someone else now, aren't I? <laughs> you have to take a side here. Um, I'm console. Okay. So are we. Uh, you're so PlayStation. You're, you're, you're a monk. Your brother, what's going on? <laughs> That's, well, this is what I'm going to talk about. I mean, like, like when I was growing up, I'm still growing up, of course. But um, like ten years ago, there was this this rift between PlayStation and Xbox. It still is. It was bloody, and it was so you know controversial. And I felt like we were at each other's throats. Whereas now, I think the fight is console versus PC, like the. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, right now, like it's kind of started with the PS4, and it's kind of trip, you know, trickled into this current generation of, oh yeah, Sony has exclusives and Xbox has Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I mean, there's plenty of people they, they buy both for the advantages. I mean, also you, you have crossplay now, which means you can play with one another. Um, so I, I, yeah, I feel, I feel like that bridge is being, um, the, the, the breach is being kind of crossed, yeah. which is, it's good for, you know, relations between the two. Um, but yeah, no, I, um, I do still play quite a lot. I just feel like this is nostalgia speaking, but it's not quite the same as it used to be, you know, back like in that. my day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, um. Just how long it takes to um, to get a game out now. I mean, they always get delayed, um, and then like they take forever. They take so long, and then they come out, and they're just the same game as the last game that came out. Like you know, like um, like when I when in like two, if you look at like two thousand and one, and you jump ahead to two thousand and six, and you look at the difference in graphics, it's it's extreme, massive. And then if you look at 2011 and then you compare it with 2021, you know, the graphics are pretty much the same. Um, and I feel like part of that is because we've, we've already reached a point where we're really good at doing graphics. Um, but at, at the same time, it feels like we're not really progressing anywhere, you know? No, so I, just- I get that. Like how, <laughs> how farther can we, you know, push the, you know, push the wheel, recreate the wheel, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, just- do we, do we want to get to a point where, it's like, like, um, like it looks exactly real. I don't know. Right. <laughs> that would that, that would be weird. I don't know. I guess the next the next step was like you know they have the VR stuff for what's it called yeah. PlayStation Move and um, Oculus. Yeah, yeah. Oculus Rift. Yeah. 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 So I guess that would be the new stuff. And um, whenever we start talking about like advanced technology and uh, video games, I always go to Black Mirror. Um, right. what was that game they played oh uh, uh striking vipers striking vipers yeah so i mean eventually it's going to come to that like uh well not <laughs> that extreme but it's going to come to where 
um, you're in the mind type of thing where, because like you said, like there's all, everything, Assassin's Creed, Madden, 2K, um, all these games are just different names, a little bit of different cosmetics, but it's basically the same game every year. Mm-hmm. Or even if you look at for, a game like Fortnite or something where it's the exact same game, are you doing it just adding new skins or new characters, but it's still the same thing, Call of Duty, all this stuff. So as long as people have a fan for the, or uh, as long as they have a fan base and they continue making money for this, they're going to keep doing it. But then you do have other developers who are trying to do something different. And uh, those are the ones who are not getting as much attention. But that's why you also have games like, you know, Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank coming back from Crash Bandicoot, old games coming in. I don't know if people don't just have new ideas anymore. So let's just, hey, that worked 30 years ago. Let me try to bring it back. I mean, I, I feel like it's the same thing with movies, right? Like the money people are like, we don't want to take any risks. So just do that same shit that was successful and let's make this money. Like, yeah. like if you recall, like a few weeks ago when I was talking about I was playing Returnal and like it's fun, but that game so fine. But a ratchet and a clank like fucking crushed the sales um, sales charge, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you, you can capitalize on nostalgia. And, you know, already at a point in films and video games, but there are, we just have this huge backlog of mm-hmm. games, which everyone already loves. So I guess there isn't really much incentive to make new ones. I'm a little bit skeptical about VR. Um, and I say that from the perspective of complete ignorance. I don't know that much about it, but I, I, I don't know. I can't really see people just sitting there on the sofa with these goggles on, just right. sort of dancing in the void. Um, right. And especially ones where you have to actually move around and stuff. Like most people don't really have the, the living space for that, I don't think. But right. I might be right. I know you're absolutely right because even like um, the, like I had a, my friend had a PlayStation move and everything, and we only played it when there was a group of people over kind of like a party type of thing. Hey, try this on type of thing. It wasn't where he's sitting down after work. Let me put these on and play something. It was just more like a novelty thing to, Hey guys, check this thing out type of thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, this is sort of like coffee table piece. It's cool for like, it's like, um, you know, when the, the Wii came out. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, love that for 10 minutes. And then it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And um, yeah, it, is, it might be a fad or it might be the future. Uh, I think it's too soon to say. Oh, like speaking as somebody that wears glasses, like I've tried the VR before and I don't like that feeling of that goggle pressed against my face and I'm also wearing glasses. Mm. So yeah. that's something that they need to kind of look into also. Are you short-sighted or long-sighted? I am short-sighted. All right. Okay. I, uh, that's, that's interesting I wouldn't have thought it would because I wear glasses as well um, not right now obviously but um, like um, I would have thought because it's like right I mean off, you yes yeah no no I agree with you but it's just like sometimes I just like the feeling of like all right <laughs> yeah yeah that's another thing to you know bear in mind yeah all right, right. I'll give it but i just kind of want to springboard for a sec so like we were talking about how like 
video game companies aren't really making any like progress they're just like taking like baby steps and i feel like we're in the same way with cell phones um we just had an apple event this week and we're getting some new iphones next week or this week when you're listening and it's the same shit we've been getting like the last couple of generations like last few years and it's like why are we making these big spectacles and writing all these articles and making a two-hour event over a cell phone with like 30 more minutes of battery and a slightly better camera like what are we doing because if if they came out and was like hey chad we got this new apple phone but it's um has a little bit of longer battery life camera's a little bit better are you gonna buy it but if i make this whole big scene and you know they're out in and antarctica filming this stuff and you it's just like a movie they're filming this whole movie over this phone so now you're like oh maybe i do need this phone i mean i've never filmed the movie but maybe (laughs) because i didn't have the technology to do it i can have this phone to film a movie like this no they need to do it no that's that's true i mean i'm looking at mine now and i think it's the iphone 12 i don't even know um they're all the same yeah it's the same as the iphone 4 it's just a bit bigger and the next year it'll be smaller so (laughs) i mean yeah I, i don't get it either but i mean they'll do it so long as there is um demand i guess and i guess people are you know going to these events and buying them en masse for some reason yeah like i don't i don't fully get it either because it's like okay we're about to get some new phones and then in a couple of weeks they're going to say oh yes the iphone 15 it's the highest selling iphone ever and it's like who's buying these phones like how have they not like hit march market saturation where everybody has an iphone and they're like you know what i don't need this new one like who's buying these phones yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone already has a phone. Um, it's interesting though, because like um, there's an idea of planned obsolescence where the, the phones are made so that they won't last very long. And you know, Apple does this; they make a f- they make sure the phone won't last more than three years, so they can buy the next one. I mean, there was a whole class action lawsuit against it because it was something to do like the battery got bad or something after so long and people were like wait Mm. you intentionally did this and so they had to pay out money this is like a few years ago really i'm pretty sure they still do it though like um yeah they do pretty frank about it um yeah it's crazy and we still keep buying it though so (laughs) jokes on me (laughs) we're the dumbasses yeah (laughs) um yeah so also this week, um, my daughter, who is one, I guess, um, if you want me to be that kind of parent, she is 14 months old. She Don't finally... do that. <laughs> don't, don't be that type of parent. <laughs> uh, how old is your child? Oh, my child's 59 months, you know. Um, <laughs> my daughter finally started walking, like walking, walking, like without needing any assistance. And um I don't know, man. It's like, this was her moment, but I just felt real proud. Like I did that shit, even though like it was her and yeah, my, my, my baby's getting older. And also I'm annoyed because my baby will be able to get into more shit that I don't want her to get into. 
and i'm not about this child proof in life you know i want her to be free range like a chicken but she's already trying to open up cabinets and shit and i'm like bro like this is the shit that your mom gets mad at me about and you're proving her right i thought you were on team dad stop all right let's you're not gonna breathe past that like you just say that so let's circle back around to where you're like you want her to be like free range like a chicken mm-hmm. <laughs> um but you know that is for her safety. So you are you one of these parents where like you see her about to do something, you be like, oh no, she needs to learn, so you're not going to stop her. Maybe. <laughs> well, you uh, please we take, go back. Just, just, just take my child away now, child service. Right, that's what I'm saying. We go. We circle back to the very beginning of this podcast. We were talking about please come up to your door about your child, and now circle back. Yes, it seems like that might be a thing now. Yeah. So I might be doing this. I might, I might be doing this podcast by myself in the future. Then. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna be doing a GoFundMe on this to, to help Chad make bail. Then I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I need all the help I can get. It'll be a blessing in disguise. Because, <laughs> like, I, like, I, uh, I sorry, <laughs> I, uh, I, mean, I didn't walk until I was like two, apparently, um, which my parents hated because they had to carry me everywhere, and I was getting really big and fat. So. <laughs> Yeah, blessings. I wonder what's the ideal age that, that they should start walking. I guess around at least one, right? I mean, one. Okay. You know. I will say this: like, since she's walking, she is like tired a lot more now. So, like, every day this week that she's gone to bed, like, normally, like, we, you know, she's in bed and like she'll like bullshit, like she'll stand in the crib start singing just making all this ruckus but this week put her in the crib and she's like all right man good night doubt and i'm like cool and then i'm just first over time, here first time she really had to use those legs <laughs> right 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 so like i don't look forward to the time like in a few weeks when she's used to like moving around and then it's back to business as usual where i'm hearing a song when she should be sleeping i'm like i'm trying to watch tv like be quiet yeah yeah what you been up to, Matt? Um, not much. We just made it through a typhoon, so it wasn't as bad as the last one. So I had a ample amount of time to watch some uh, movies and some Netflix. So I am here with another week of Matt's Netflix recommendation. This is a TV show. It is called The Naked Director. It is in Japanese, but it has subtitles for whatever. And it's basically set in the late 80s, early 90s, where it's about the porn industry. Um, He goes against the Japanese norms of porn industry and shakes it up in his kind of way. Um, Is this the the origins of why they blur out genitals and pornography? No, this is before that. But he uh, pushes that envelope. Okay. And it's based off a true story. Like, these characters are real people. And this is not a movie that you would like to watch in front of the kids, because they do show uh, sex. Uh, but it has a good story into it. And I like that the fact that it's, it is a true story, so I look these people up. But yeah. It's uh, it has two seasons. I finished the first season. Good. 
and I haven't started the second one yet. Maybe when the next typhoon comes and I have free time. <laughs> um, so do you know if the show um, is continuing into a third season or if season two wraps it up or if you just don't know? I'm not sure. because I know season two just came out maybe a couple months ago. All right. So we are running through these topics. This week, we are discussing Casino Royale. The man was Le Chief, private banker to the world's terrorists, which would explain how he could set up a high-stakes poker game at Casino Royale in Montenegro. If he loses this game, he'll have nowhere to run. You're the best player in the service. The Treasury has agreed to stake you in the game. I will be keeping my eye on our government's money. It doesn't bother you killing those people. Well, I wouldn't be very good at my job if it did. This version of Casino Royale is a reboot of sorts for the uh, 007 franchise. We follow Bond on a routine mission to bring in a bomb maker to find out what his latest assignment is. It goes very wrong and results in seducing a married woman in the Bahamas stopping a terrorist attack at the Miami airport, preventing a GameStop-level stock shortage, and entering a Texas Hold'em tournament where if Bond loses, the British government would have funded terrorism. While Bond does succeed in getting to the bottom of the plot at hand, he's blindsided by the betrayal of his mission partner and the woman he slowly grew to love, Bess Berlin. So, Josh, what were your thoughts on Casino Royale? Uh, it's one of my favorite films. I'd say top five easily. And it's, it's my favorite Bond film. Um, if you got, if you, you know, if you walk down the street and ask people this question, like, what's your favorite Bond film? Don't, don't do that. It's a bit weird. But if you did, they'd probably say Casino Royale, or they'd say something like Goldfinger, maybe. But uh, yeah, I, I was about to say, um, depending on how old they are, they would say Goldfinger. <laughs> if they if they if they're as young as I am. Then- <laughs> Um, but uh, well, actually, I mean, when it came out, I was uh, nine. It was like nine, and you should not have been watching this movie back then. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't understand it at the time. Um, I didn't like it because it was it was too gritty. It was too sort of it. It wasn't Pierce Brosnan anymore. It was you know pretty violent. There's that scene where he's like um, torturing him by like. Uh, whipping him with a carpet beater in the genitals yes in the genitals <laughs> um and um i remember in the cinema my mum just turned to me and she said uh you need the bathroom <laughs> she frog marched me out the cinema <laughs> uh, which in you know in hindsight was really for the best because it was quite a grueling scene but then when i came back in um it was when he's like recovering in hospital and like that's quite an important scene because it's it's where the villain dies and it's where you realize that he's been betrayed. And I had none of the context. So like the first time I saw it, I was not only too young to understand what was going on, but I'd also missed crucial details. So I thought that film was just awful. Um, and then, then I read the book like a long time afterwards. Um, and it's, you know, it's really short. I read it in a day and I thought, well, oh, that was pretty good actually. I enjoyed that. So that was is the book a short story? It's not. It's it's the first Bond novel. It's about 160 pages, something oh, like that. Okay, that's not bad. As well. Like Quantum of Solace is based on a short story. Um, but it's 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 unlike the film, it's entirely set in the casino and then in the aftermath of that. Um, so it's, it's you know it's pretty minimalistic. 
Um, and it's, it's a good read. And then so I thought, oh, it's pretty good. I'll watch the film again. And then when I did that, I was old enough to understand it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. This is good. <laughs> but like, it's, it's, it took the franchise in a completely different direction, which yeah. to some extent still heading in today with Daniel Craig. Um, and that's probably the biggest reason I enjoyed it. So it, it breathed new life into it, I think. Yeah, uh, especially coming off a of die another day, which mm. I really like. That was that's actually the first um, Bond movie I saw in the theater. Die another day. Um, yeah, I like this movie a lot too. Like I saw this like shortly after it hit uh, DVD uh, back in the day, and <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Like the different layers of it, uh, of like of the story and like the subversions. Like, okay, Bond is supposed to kill the bad guy. Who is this random dude? Like, what is happening here? You know, um, I like the whole he's like a blunt object, as M says in the movie. Like, he's just he, he'll get the job done, but it's not going to be nice and smooth and suave as the James Bond. We know he's just a brute. And that's something I really enjoy. Um, I forgot that I forgot how much. Texas Hold'em was in this movie. Um, maybe yeah. it was cute at the time. Like I remember around that time, we, you know, as as a collective, we were really into like world uh, was it uh, poker championships, like watching that stuff on on TV. But like 2021, I'm like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> um, let's let's move this along with these yeah. cards. Yeah, that's another thing that you don't understand when you're nine years old. <laughs> he unveils his hand and he's got like a king and you're like, what, what, what does I was that like oh he's got that straight flush <laughs> yeah but uh um, yeah. you know, you're right it was it was crazy like uh, there was a craze poker at the time um which i think is one reason they went with the film uh but in the book they actually played baccarat which was a lot more popular back in like the 60s interesting um, yeah they 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 uh, that was one thing they updated um but it's also one thing that as you say maybe hasn't stood the test of time i i really enjoy it uh but i know most people get a bit put off just watching someone who should be like parachuting and doing somersaults and stuff and, and blowing up bases just playing poker i mean maybe if it wasn't constant scenes dedicated to texas hold on like maybe we would have had one maybe two scenes but like we just kept coming back to the poker table you know yeah i disagree with you i love that part oh, okay. <laughs> uh oh the, the poker um so just to cut in yeah so i love that part and i was thinking like they should just make a movie about somehow because i like the i like the pauses in between where like oh we're gonna take a break and then you know storyline action stuff happens and let's go back to this and i love that or i really enjoyed that part of the movie um you guys didn't touch on it yet but i thought the action scene at the beginning of them chasing them down and the scuffling running through the building. I thought that was incredible. I thought that was awesome. Um, it's, I know this is a James Bond movie, so I know what I'm going to say is blasphemous, but I didn't care about the women in this movie. <laughs> uh, so, so I understand the, that. 
or go ahead that's kind of a theme with daniel craig's james bond movies though like they aren't so uh sex crazed if you to, to put it a certain way like yes women are there and yeah he's probably gonna have sex with women but that's not really the focus mostly because like his movies start off in the um you know the early 2000s and that shit was not cute then right and yeah just watching it i'm just like eh. i know that he manipulated the first one to get the information and then the other one she wasn't really like i'm watching it i'm just like i don't care what happens to any of these people um so i was more shocked or more concerned about the villain uh when he got shot i was like oh okay (laughs) so like when the when the stuff was happening to women i'm like you know those are the breaks so, but overall, I really like that car stuff. I, I really liked how cocky he was at the beginning. He lost all the money, had to come back and get it again. Maybe because I play poker. So when is he, when he showed his car, like I was watching with the wife and I was like, oh, straight flush. I was like, oh, like that. <laughs> so, I did not know you played poker. Oh yeah. And um, one of my uh, former jobs, uh, I had night shift. So me and the guys, he used to always go to our supervisor house at, uh, at like seven in the morning and we would drink and at the time i know i play poker so they taught me how to play poker and we used to do that every every morning i will we would get off at like six or seven go to his house drink play cards for a couple hours and then um uh, i'll go home so but yeah um i do like how um when bond first meets vesper and she's like, yes, I'm the money person. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. And she's basically like, this plan of yours is stupid as fuck. Like, why are you giving a terrorist money? And I appreciated that. And then I like also when he lost all that money, she's like, no, fuck you. This plan was stupid anyway. Like, why would I give you more money to fuck over? Right. I did. Yeah. I like I liked her at the beginning. Well, I should say I did not like her, but she had good moments and um uh, like that, because I, I liked how they foreshadowed to where, and you know, at the beginning, M told him that how he's brash and cocky and everything, and then later on, it played out in the poker game where he was cocky, he was overconfident, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, they had really good chemistry in the film. Um, like you're saying, like it's at this point, um, mid two thousands. Bond girls can't really be Bond girls anymore because they've always been very sort of passive. And here comes Vesper, who is is basically on his level when she talks down to him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like her death also sets the tone for the films that come afterwards. The way he Boy, treats. Boy, do they! Yeah, I think that's why. That's another reason why he doesn't. He's not really a woman chaser anymore after that because he's still still hung up about her death. So, you know, there are narrative reasons as well, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think in any of the, the films that have come afterwards, they've they've reached the sort of pinnacle which was set by Vesper in that film. Right. Played by Green. Um, I will say, I guess a spoiler towards this series of uh, reviews that I want to do over the next few months. That's something that I kind of don't like about Daniel Craig's Bond is that... He doesn't he doesn't seem that focused like after this movie, like he slowly is becoming the bond that we know. 
but it's like he's going rogue in like every fucking movie one way or another like in one movie like he's on the mission but he's not he's doing it his way and he's not like doing what he's supposed to be doing and in another movie he's like oh yeah um i'm just gonna I'm just going to go missing for a couple of months. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Just do your goddamn job. Stop. So Mm -hmm. that's something I find really annoying with his bond. But I like this movie. It's a symptom of of modern storytelling. They need that drama there. So they need Bond to be in conflict with M and Q and all that. In the old films, he'd be given an order and he'd just be like, yeah, I'll do that. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but like, um, I, maybe audiences don't want it, but producers definitely feel that audiences want that kind of drama in there. Uh, they want Bond to be brushing up against everyone, which I think is why they do it. But also, like you, like you said, he's done that for pretty much every film. So, okay, so I do have a question for I have a question for you guys. Okay. So, since you guys are more Bond experts, thinking about movies and um, you know, no creativity. Has there ever been a Bond movie made when he was younger? Like he just started? Um, I've always thought they should do. This one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no, he, he just got promoted to double to double status. But I mean, like him when he first started in like MI6 or something like that. No movies. Uh, was, it, was it young James Bond or kid James Bond? It was like a cartoon or something. But oh, that yeah. was his nephew, right? Yeah, his nephew. Yeah, um, movie wise, no. I'm sure. It's, no. I'm sure maybe a book, maybe in the books. Yeah, and well, no, in the in the books, like I say, it starts with Casino Royale. But I mean, they hint at his past, and I think when he joins MI6, he's in his twenties. But they don't. They say there's a guy who did like a. He wrote like a fake biography of Bond, um, a long time ago. <laughs> Um, and he's got like a chronology of his timeline, and I think he he puts Bond joining the MI5 in his twenties. But then Anthony Horowitz has written the new prequel to Casino Royale, which puts him in his thirties. So I mean, there's there's no sort of there's no consistency. Right. <laughs> everybody's on their own. Yeah, everybody's doing they, they their own thing. Yeah, because like Daniel Craig, he was in his late thirties when he started, and he looked good. He, he looked great for the role, and then he aged very quickly. By yeah. Scott, you already see it, and then it's Inspector, and now he looks even older. Yeah, <laughs> some young blood might be a good idea. All right, I have another question. So I'm interested in M. Has there ever been something based off M, like her story? Because I don't know if it's the actress or. Her, her, what's the word I'm looking for? Her, com- her presence, her command presence, where she doesn't take shit. She's quick witted. Like I don't know if it's just that M role or the actress that portrays her. Like I really like M, and um, all the movies I can remember M being in. Like I really like. So I'm like, is there like a backstory or a younger M or something like that? But I'd really be intrigued to find out about M. Have you personally seen a James Bond movie where M was not played by Judy Dench? I actually, I, I don't know. Like in like the uh, who who's the one before Daniel Craig? Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Was she the same one in M? Was she M then? 
She was M, about, but not necessarily the same M. Okay, so what about uh, Sean Connery? I mean, yeah, I mean, she would have been quite. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, for that one was like, is it like the same? I don't know how would you describe. How would you describe him? So the way that like the, her personality. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I I like the like doesn't take shit attitude. Um, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we progress into these movies, shady as fuck. Mm. But you guys wouldn't want to see a, a, a an M or like story, something like that. They they never do, they never do those like um in the whole Bond franchise. They've never done a spin off, as far as I'm aware. And it, I think it could be interesting, but that's, that's, it's not what they do. Mm-hmm. There's potential with like Money Penny. They were going to do it with Jinx in Dying of a Day, but they never did. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing something like that. Like an M story set like during like maybe Roger Moore's era, like the 70s. And like she's doing stuff and she's a young up and coming member in, um, in MI6. That would be interesting. And like Daniel Craig's Money Penny, I would love to see like some stuff with her in it. Hmm. Yeah, because um, in, in Skyfall, it's it's hinted that she's um, she's like an operative, and then she quits immediately. But like, I mean, it's not hinted. Like, she's in the beginning that she, she shoots him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shoots him. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's this whole backstory to her that we never see, and then we know we'll never get to because she quits after that. Right. Yeah, but also with M, like I, I think you're right about the Cold War. I mean, um, the Roger Moore era, because in, in Casino Royale, she she goes, Christ, I missed the Cold War. It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. get into some stuff back then. Um, that would be interesting. But yeah, who knows? Because the thing that got me, well, because I was like, I was watching something, I really liked her, and I started thinking about other stuff. Because then, then in my head popped up Cruella, where they made that to where, you know, she was just a, a, a Dalmatian killer. And then Cruella, the movie came out, and you get the backstory. I'm like, oh, well, you know, things happen. That's how she got like this. So, Maybe there was things like that that made him the, the person who she is or something like that. Okay. Okay. So you want the origin story of a young woman named Melissa. And then like at some point they're like, you know what, Melissa, we should call you. M. I'm, I'm like this. Ooh, they said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would watch it. I, I would watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I criticize the hell out of it, but I will watch it. Yeah. All right. So you guys have any final thoughts on Casino Royale before we move on? I just I don't know. I just think it's great. It's it's this the only I mean, I never rewatch films because when like when it comes to rewatching a film, I always think I could be watching a new film. Yeah. You know? But that is the only films where I can just keep watching it. Not because it's particularly complex and you find new layers every time, but just because it's just really fun. Yeah, it's it's a great it's great. I love it. <laughs> um, it was a like a nice blast from the past because like I totally forgot about Body World. Oh yeah, <laughs> they still have that in London. I walked past it the other day. That's interesting. It's not in. I would never go in there. It's grotesque. <laughs> like I've never I've never actually attended it, but I just remember the commercials from way back when. I'm like, oh yeah, those are real people. Okay. <laughs> What's Body World? That's the one where it's an exhibit of like the human body. 
but they were all donated bodies. Oh, the thing that he went into there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, and I guess uh, we're gonna talk about how this movie was a precursor to the GameStop sh- uh, stock shortage. Yes, I, I really like like once they were talking about that, and I was like, oh, that was a thing this this year. I was say like, <laughs> this year, but yeah, that like that thing happened there. So yes, that was a that was a thing. Yes, that was a thing. It made a lot of people money for um for viewers. Uh, unfamiliar with GameStop, and I'm basically me. I'm including myself. <laughs> like a little, I, I've heard of it, and I know it's something to do with stock. But I never really found out what the story was. So, um, how familiar are you with stocks? <laughs> I know, I know roughly how they work, but I, I don't, I don't put my fingers in there. <laughs> so um i'm gonna describe this best as i can and matt you come in to fill in the blanks all right i right, want to spot that sorry <laughs> so basically what you can do is you can buy a large amount of stocks and basically bet against what you bought so like let's say you're you're like i'm gonna buy a million shares of GameStop at this rate and you have X amount of time to pay that off, right? I'm going, I'm going right yeah. so far, right, Matt? Yeah. yeah. And so what you want to do is if you're going to buy this large amount of stock, you want the stock to be at a low price when you sell it because you're basically saying, I'm going to buy all this stock, but it's going to be worth not a lot of money by the time I sell it. Yeah. Right. Right. Because you. Uh, yeah, that's right. So w- what happened was. Yeah. So then in the Reddit threads and everything, people were like, uh, hey, buy a whole bunch of GameStop. So end up, everybody started buying the GameStop stock and then it rose up. So since the price rose up, all those people who purchased millions of dollars of it, expecting it to go down, they were had to they were going to pay back all that money to. Whoever they bought the stock from. Right. So basically the same thing where the guy, he was, he was expecting once that, you know, crash for it to go down, he was going to do it, make money. It's basically the same concept, but just with GameStop. Yeah. Okay. So were they they expecting it to crash? Yeah. They they weren't expecting to crash. It was just to go lower than what it was. Mm. All right. Okay. Yeah, so it was already low, but it, it went. It was supposed to go lower because you know at that time, who be buying GameStop stock? GameStop stock. Yeah. So then, but once everybody started buying it, it rose up, and they're like, "Oh, we're fucked" because we're gonna have to pay back all this money where they were expecting to pay pennies on a dollar, and now they're paying dollars, dollars on all this money. <laughs> they're paying hundred, like five hundred dollars on the penny. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> This is why I don't do stocks. Yeah, it's it's very it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's what I jumped in is right when they were like, ah, oh, you should be buying GameStop in this. I was like, uh, I should. Okay. Well, Reddit told me to, so let me throw <laughs> some money on this. Oh, no. <laughs> I made right. a little bit. I made a little bit. I, I, I lost a little bit. I, I held on too long, but you know. Yeah. All right. That's why you got to get out quick. Yeah. Pump and dump, as they say. Yes. All right. So um, 
What do you guys think the Rotten Tomato score for Casino Royale is? And this came out in 2006. I'd say it's pretty high. Let's go with the. Plus, you probably got those haters like, I don't like this new Daniel Craig. Let's go with 78. Okay. Josh? <clears throat> Josh? Um, I never agree with the Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, I mean, just because it's a kind of, it's a medium, isn't it, between the good and the bad. Uh, but I think for this film, I might actually be in line with it. I, I think, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic and guess it's around 96. 94. Oh, wow. I mean, it is like, it's up there. Like, because it's either Casino Royale or Goldfinger as, pe- as like the best Bond movie. Like, it just shifts. So, yeah. should, I, should I watch Goldfinger? Is it's it that good? It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's, it's pretty decent. Yeah, the, the Con- all the Connery films are really good, in my opinion. I don't know if I say that. No. All right, <laughs> most <laughs> Yeah, I mean, eventually Sean Connery stopped giving a fuck, and so you, it, it, yeah. It's been a long time since I saw Diamonds Are Forever. Apparently, that one isn't that. Isn't and um, you only live twice. I like you only. I mean, he didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I don't know. It's it's again. It's a fun film. It's just it's 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 so out there. It's, there's a battle ninjas at the end. It's just it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess I guess this is the most important question. What everybody wants to know, in you guys' opinion, I'm not going to answer this because I only know two. So in your opinion, who is the best Bond? Sean Connery. I don't know. <laughs> okay, for you, for you, who do you like the best? Daniel Craig, I find the most charismatic, um, the most arresting on screen. He's not the most faithful to the book character, I don't think. I think for that, it would either be Timothy Dalton, Sean Connery, or George Lazenby. But I, I do find Daniel Craig more um, just, he's just kind of irresistible presence on the screen. Like for me, like Sean Connery is James Bond. Like he's, you know, smoking 15 packs a day slapping women on the butt it's like he was james bond at the time all right he could do whatever the fuck he wanted to do and people were like well you two goddamn cool you get a pass dude and yeah, it's and also uh, the 60s this this behavior yeah. was acceptable <laughs> and it's also worth bearing in mind that ian fleming to some degree the, the author of the books he, he he wrote the character around connery after he was cast so he made him scottish right no. He started describing his physical appearance more in line with Connery. So yeah, he yeah, you're right. He is Bond. <laughs> All right, let's hit this trivia question. Of the following actors, which was not considered to play James Bond in Casino Royale? Casino Royale specifically. Henry Cavill, Superman, Tom Hardy, Bane, Colin Farrell. Um, he's about to be Penguin, or Christian Bale, Batman. Which one of these four actors was not considered for the role of James Bond in specifically Casino Royale? Bane. <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a Tom Hardy, um, as Matt says, or um, Christian Bale, 
Bane or Batman? Ooh. <laughs> or Batman, then. It's okay. So the answer is Tom Hardy, because you got to remember, this is 2006. Now, yeah. he's, he's been looked at for um, James Bond now to replace Craig. But in 2006, nobody gave a shit about Tom Hardy. Mm. Um, but funny enough, was I was young. very surprised that they were looking at Henry Cavill, but he was in his early 20s and they don't want to cast anybody that young, contrary mm. to what you were saying earlier, Josh. Well, I mean, it's interesting because Pierce Brosnan was originally going to play the role when Timothy Dalton did, so he would have been younger as well. Um, so I think they have flirted with the option, um, but they always just they think no, we, we've we always do late thirties and it always works, so let's keep doing it. All right, let's knock out this trivia dump. The way Bond orders his first vodka martini is lifted directly from the Ian Fleming novels. I was trying to find like a quote of like how he ordered it because it was like overly complicated. Like, why are we trying to reinvent the wheel here? Just fucking say a vodka martini and stop. All right, real quick. I found it. Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of Kena Linen, shake it over ice and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. So that's what he said in the 2006 movie. But according to the 1953 book, he says basically the same thing, but he kind of, he says three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of Keenan Linnet, shake it very well until it's ice cold, then add a large thin slice of lemon peel. Got it. So it's slightly different than from the book to what he said in the movie. Yeah, doing too damn much. Yeah. And they call it a Vesper martini. Ah, that's funny. Yeah, have you ever tried one? I, I ordered one at a bar once. I wasn't. No, oh, it was horrific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I would, I would never drink that again. <laughs> I would. It's funny when he ordered it. I was like, "This, huh? Maybe I should try one of those before." You and everybody else. I mean, I might try one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sounds fancy, but when you. When you look at what's in it, it's just a disaster. <laughs> Daniel Craig became the first actor to be nominated for a BAFTA award for playing James Bond. This is the first James Bond movie where he failed in all of his mission objectives. Lashif died without revealing any information on his network. MI6's money was lost to the terrorist organization. And Vesper also died without revealing anything. So Bond fucking sucks in this movie. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, and maybe that has something to do with, as you were saying before, his, his going rogue in every film. Um, he's actually pretty crap at his job. Yes. Yes, he is. Like, can we just get one movie where they're like, all right, Bond, here's the mission. Don't go rogue. Don't go missing. Don't fall in love. Don't quit. Just do your fucking job. Get your check and let's fucking go. I have another question for you guys. Okay. So there was talks about a new bond and, you know, different actors. So if uh, you have to pick one, a brand new actor to play bond in a new bond movie. So I know there's talks about, you know, Idris Elba and other people. So if you guys had to pick a new actor for a bond movie, who would it be? <laughs> Um, I don't have anyone in mind because usually what they do is they 
sorry, <laughs> they pick someone who is um, <clears throat> who isn't famous at the time, and they kind of make famous. Um, I don't know. All the people being kind of touted are already too old. I think Idris Elba's late forties. Tom Hardy's already late forties now. I think. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, there's a few kind of younger names I'd be interested in, like um, Joe Al- Alwyn, who's like um, he's probably a bit young, but he kind of looks the part. Um, and some of us who are so obscure that I forget the names. <laughs> okay. We'll get more famous. So I put mine in the chat. Uh, Martin Compost from Line of Duty. Martin Compost. I put I, I put I put a link in in, in the chat from oh, Line yes. of Duty. Come on, mm-hmm. man, you're British. That's the, that's like your yeah. fucking appointment he's, TV. He's a Scottish guy. Yeah. 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 Let me have a look. <laughs> Did you come up with this on top of your head or you already had this in mind? Well, I never really thought about it, but I really like this actor a lot. Um, So we watch a lot of um, British content in my house. And so Line of Duty, he was in a pretty good show called um, The um, The Nest, um, where he and his wife like took in like this girl. They were going to do like a surrogate situation. He was in um, a film called Wee Man, which is a Scottish kind of crime film where he plays the main character. Mm. Watching. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's an interesting choice, actually. Yeah. Uh, as you say, he's Scottish as well. Yeah. Also, he's got a black wife. So that's that's really interesting. <laughs> How about you, Matt? Mm-hmm. Well, shit, I don't care. I, I, don't, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm, I'm just here for uh, a good show. So I do not I do not care one way or another. For all I care, they can cast a female as the next 007. I don't I don't have a this is not a hill I'm gonna die on. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Um well I was gonna save this for when we uh finally reviewed No Time to Die, but what would you guys like to see in the next phase of James Bond? What do you mean what would you like to see? So I would like after we're done with Daniel Craig, we do a period piece, like take it back to the 60s. And it's an adventure back then where we don't have all this technology and shit. And it's just it's a movie made in the 2020s, but it's set in the 60s. It's a classic Bond adventure. Wow. I think that could be good. Um, I mean, there is the dangerous. The one of the reasons it's, it's it survive as long as it has the franchises because it's always been current. Yeah. But we don't know if it, how it would fare if they went back in time. So it could be a risk. I'd definitely watch it. I think it'd be really interesting. Um, I mean, I have, Barbara Broccoli herself has said she has no idea where they're going to go after Craig. So I reckon maybe kind of return to the old formula where it's more standalone films, more sort of just, um, as you say, just obeying um, and doing what he's supposed to do. <laughs> I don't know. Can we have a spy movie where the spy actually does what the fuck they're supposed to do? Because, like, <laughs> how familiar are you with Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible movies? Yeah, like, the thing, yeah. Every fucking movie, except the second one, he's been doing his own fucking thing where it's like the agency has turned against him and he's out there on his own. It's like, 
can we just have a mission where you're not suspected as a double agent? Like, just fucking do your job, bro. Nah, man, that as intrigued. They don't know what side he's on. Well, we, he's done that for five fucking movies. Five out of six movies. He's <laughs> just been out here just doing what he wants to do. I'm trying to think of a good spy movie where they where he was like, well, not a spy movie or that's more of a killer. I was thinking more like assassins. Usually, assassins just go ahead and do their job unless it's like kids or something. Hmm, a spy movie. What's another spy movie? Name one. Yeah, from like the sixties. Yeah, I can't. That's what Google's for. Yeah, man from Uncle. Did you watch that? I didn't was see that. I I like yeah, the actors, I but I didn't see that. How was I that? saw it, but I forgot it. Uh, it was good. I just can't remember. I can't remember what happened. I don't know if, if he did what, if um, Henry Cavill did what he was supposed to do in the film or not. Was that a uh, period piece? Yes. That, so that was set in the 60s, I think. Okay. Um, Josh, do you have anything else you would like to promote? Uh, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, so, no social media you want the people to look out for like how are the people going to know your books yeah. books ready to launch um they'll they'll feel it they'll feel it <laughs> <laughs> all right well reach out reach back out and uh you'll be back on the show when the um when the book comes out how about that uh, repeat the name of the book again uh or so it's spelled you are okay make sure we put those in the notes and everything so people to uh save and check out whenever it does come out yeah, really. I appreciate that. So thank you so much for listening. Please rate, like, and review our podcast on your platform of choice. If you have any feedback, please email us at we used to talk pod at gmail.com. Like our Facebook page. We used to talk about this at work and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at we used to talk pod. Thanks for being on the show. I think it was a good episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, you're very informative and it's very interesting that you have a book. Um, we've had some interesting luck with Reddit. Like Reddit people have been very interesting. So this is our third episode with a Reddit um, person. Yeah. So yeah, they've all been good. Actually, they've all been really good. Now I think about it. Because mm-hmm. you had the one you did by yourself and then uh, we had the other. Phoenix. Phoenix. And then we had the other two. Michael we- and Melissa. Yeah. So In my opinion, they've all been good. All right. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week. Peace.